to be in this place to hear your word. So Father, I ask you to touch every heart, every mind here. Fill them up with your knowledge, your wisdom, your power, and your love. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we preach the word because there's power in the word of God. There's, this is the only word that you can speak that will manifest itself. And that's the great thing about God's word. And I think that's why a lot of people in the world are curious now about the things of God. You know, there's a great curiosity, I find, about uh, saying the right thing and speaking uh, certain things and uh, um, using faith and, and all of that kind of stuff. There's a great deal of interest in religious things. You know, uh, you see people wearing crosses. Everybody's got a a cross around their neck from the wrapper with the big, uh, you know, it looks like almost you want to put him on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, wrapper, that thing's big enough for a human to get on almost. But And people are, are uh, more interested in spiritual things. Uh, so much so that there's a, a great deal of uh, conflict sometimes between what people call organized religion which is regular church attendance as most people know it and what they call spirituality and so there are many people who feel that you can have spirituality without uh, you know the uh, church attendance and what we traditionally know about um uh, you know, things of the spirit or things relating to God. And so I was thinking about that because uh, we were talking the last time, a couple weeks ago now, I guess, about what, what are your roots? You know, we're talking about the different roots that people have put down in their lives. And religion is one of those roots. But I think religious experience is changing. It's not the traditional experience that most of us had when we were growing up. So we're going to talk about uh, roots. I'll just go briefly over what we've covered so far. We were talking about there being uh, really three. If you had to talk about the roots that a person sets down in life, they kind of run in, into three different areas. Uh, the one is religious, the other social and natural. So we talked about your social and your natural roots. And I think there was a great movement probably in the 80s. I remember everybody remembers Alex Haley wrote that book on roots and he was very interested. He had had some family stories handed down in his family and he found that by tracing those stories he was able to go back and find out what town exactly his uh, parents were uh, shipped over from Africa. He was able to find living relatives. Uh, he found out a great deal about the culture of Africa that uh, um, uh, the African culture if you think about it uh, has a lot of oral history involved in it and there were certain gifted people in those cultures who had uh, extremely great memories uh, and vast memories for for uh, storing of information of a historical nature uh, and so that that kind of tends to lend credibility uh, to some of the things that I experienced as a child there was always somebody in our family who could remember everybody and and those things were precious because it was an oral history it was not written and so when when God wants you to keep up with things he sure makes provision for it and so those uh, the griot is what he was called in that culture 
he was able to uh, tell the oral history of a whole uh, tribe of people oftentimes and, and keep up with everything. And, you know, sometimes you realize, that, and, and that's not new. If you read the Bible, you'll see uh, Moses when he wrote Numbers. They numbered all those people and he was able to keep all that. Well, you do that by the help of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit helps in these things even if people don't know God personally you know it's just that they haven't had the chance to have the introduction it's not that God's not helping a group of people and so we found that this oral history was very important it's important to people to know where they come from uh, it's important for your your understanding sometimes of things that you observe in the natural understanding of your family habits uh, understanding uh, a culture and feeling good about yourself I think knowing where you come from oftentimes build self-esteem because many times people only get a, a, a certain slant on their personal history you know you only know the bad things or say for instance in your generation there was a lot of divorce or a lot of alcoholism a lot of problems sometimes you'll get a negative view of yourself based on the family history or the family dynamic that you're immersed in in your generation and so having an understanding of where you came from uh, as a group and as a people I don't know too many people that that study that and don't feel good about themselves they come out generally feeling good about themselves so these roots are very important to understand and I I, I could see that uh, Alex Haley's uh, work kind of revolutionized how people thought about themselves and I think it's very important now because we still have the breakup of so many families and we have fragmented people who are trying to call themselves families and so forth and so on and I think people need it's only fair that they understand who they are uh, where they came from and they don't have that big question mark uh, for the rest of their lives and so uh, I think it's it's a good thing to understand these things I think during that time you saw a change in adoption history laws where people are now able to go back and open up some sealed adoptions you know in some some situations uh, they see where uh, sometimes if a person can locate a, re a relative it may mean their health it's a matter of life and death for some people and so these things are very important I think sometimes when you when you grow up uh, with a certain prejudice or bigotry against against your your race or your group it can cloud your sense of who you are it can put you at a disadvantage uh, personally you just always never feel worthy or you never feel right about yourself in some ways and so uh, you know I know uh, 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 when Shannon lived with with me we used to have a, a thing about uh, um, uh, being of the same my people's your people's with power to the people you know is Aaron go Brock oh you know we just one people in the <laughs> we're all the same people we're trying to overcome uh, negative aspects of our culture you know and and finding things to uh, to be to feel good about and so that's that's just the thing that that people need to share we all have that in common and so our roots where we come from those things are extremely important they're very very important to ourselves self-image our sense of uh, personal worth all those things and in reflecting well upon our our family you know sometimes you can be the product of fragmented generation 
And so you want to go back to a time where uh, there was a great deal of pride. And, and you see how, how different disadvantages that culture will give us caused us to overcome. You know, there's a, a story of overcoming, I think, in every people that's ever come to this country and it's a good story and so those things are very very important that they be told and that they be shared and so uh, your your natural roots are important your social or cultural roots are important you know what things were you taught in your generation I know the recently they've been cel celebrating or, or remembering the 50th anniversary of President Kennedy's assassination and they were talking about what what the culture was like at that time and how it's changed and you can see a, a spiritual shifting in that during that time there was a, a revolution spiritually speaking uh, that brought to the forefront things that people didn't want to face and didn't want to look at and the fact that uh, mass communication was getting uh, to be uh, freer in that people could could take photographs and films and show them and uh, put them in different places brought the world kind of closer together so we could share one another's burdens and share you know understand uh, people people's uh, difficulties and so forth and it caused really a change in the way people viewed the problems of society um, there there was a group of people where we call hippies that decided they were going to drop out of society they were overcome by what they saw then there were people who were spiritual people who decided they were going to plow through and get it resolved and, and get it resolved in the laws and so forth and so on. So you're always going to have uh, two reactions or two responses culturally to every difficulty that comes. There will be some people who will uh, see it as an answer to prayer and an advantage and plow through it and get some good out of it. And then there will be people who will be overcome by it and drop out. And I think that dropout spirit has, has pervaded. It's still there. There's still a, a large group of people who are now so disenfranchised we have a great deal of homeless people now which we never had that before that was that was common during certain financial uh, crises like during the depression you had a lot of homeless people but to just have people roaming around without a place to stay and not really being particularly wanting that and no family to come to the rescue you know uh, the Bible says you, your brother is born for adversity in other words if you have a difficult time in life you know one thing your family will always you know somebody in your family will take you in fact you go to say y'all better give me now listen here don't y'all be getting no ideas about me sleeping out in a shopping cart or something <laughs> but let me in the house if I come back you know that kind of stuff and so we have that certainty when you have family that they will come to your aid and rescue and so with the homeless situation though we saw whole families unable to make ends meet and then not having extended family uh, to come to their rescue and so there's a a, um, a cultural uh, crisis going on you know it's it's kind of not real overt but it's there and it it, it kind of 
impinges in on everybody's security. You know, everybody, people look around and say, well, gee, that person had a, a good job and had this and had that, and now they have no place to stay. And you get a little nervous about your own security, you know. And so the, the fact that our culture is insecure has kind of put some shock into people. And you feel that in your root system sometimes. You think about the fact that this this culture cannot sustain me. This system that, that this government that we had is limited in what it can do for me and I better find something that's more secure for me. And so that something has always been the church. It's always been God. Uh, and it needs to always be the church. There, there must be a a place where people who when they are at the end of their rope they find a lifeline so it's like swinging from vines in the jungle you know you swing until you see the next vine and when there's no more vines then there's the church you know and they, they'll give you that lifeline amen because that's our role in culture uh, we don't interfere with people's lives we don't try to take over people's lives but we are there for them when they find that life has given them a raw deal and that's one of the reasons for the religious root system that God allows us to tap into. So we did talk though about the functions of a root. So we said that a root has basically four functions. Uh, we're talking about a root in a normal plant. And uh, we said to absorb water, absorb nutrients, so that's your spirit. Your spiritual root can absorb the power of the Holy Spirit and the water of the Word. The root is there to anchor the plant to the ground so that it's not moved when God places you somewhere he expects to bring the nutrients to you through your root system he doesn't expect you to keep uprooting yourself and moving around the other thing is to support that plant that plant needs to have so it doesn't topple over and the roots start getting exposed to the elements the, root, the roots are to support the plant physically just keep it in place it's also to store nutrients and for reproduction and so your root system what's in you has the uh, opportunity and the power to produce after your kind you produce after your own kind and so that's the good thing about that because we're all in Christ and so we're able to produce after the life of Christ we're not talking about you personally but we're talking about your spiritual root and what you're tapped into and so in talking about religion we kind of gave a little bit of an overview about our first encounters with religion and most people go to church because they're compelled to go if you've got decent parents and most parents want their children to have something of God some knowledge of God and uh, you know you hear some people that are a little foolish about that well, I don't want to force anything on them well it's like saying you don't want to force uh, knowledge on them because you send them to school you send them there and then they get what they get out of the experience you got me so it's a learning experience you'll hear some parents say well I just want to expose my children to a lot of different things so I send them to museums and stuff they'll send them everywhere but to church some of them you know and so they never the child never really gets 
a good foundation in the basic things that religion teaches us and that is a sense of developing a conscience toward right and wrong and that's really the the basis of all religious training and when I say religion I'm not talking about a personal relationship with God we when we say religion let me go back and see what it said about the last time um, they, we're, we say religion we're talking about an experience that draws us close to a knowledge of God that draws us close to a knowledge of God. Now we all know that the uh, invitation to salvation is a personal thing. It's different. So there has to be some groundwork laid by which that person's heart becomes open to God. But these early religious experiences are stepping stones to that. So we, we've all experienced that. So our early encounters with religion or church or God are usually forced encounters. Where we're taken by family just like going to school. They make you go to school. I don't know of many five-year-olds first going to kindergarten who are excited about it. You know, they just don't. <laughs> I'm not going. Yes, you are. I'm not going. They finally get on the bus and go. You know, or you strap them down in the seat belt in the kitty seat and take them. But they go. Amen. But they're <laughs> they don't want to be uprooted from the security of home and mom and all of those things. I remember. I think I was in kindergarten and my sister, older sister, ain't Dewey's. We were in the same school, and I saw her go past the door, and I was so homesick. And I saw her. I went running to the door and the door you know they told me come back here you can't go out there but my sister's out there <laughs> so anyway you know all that stuff we go through that but these are forced um, uh, opportunities really and, and so you make the best of it as best you can so our experiences really determine what we absorb from these encounters. Um, there are some children who dislike school so much they develop what they call a school phobia. And I know back in the day homeschooling wasn't even thought of but thank God for that because there are some kids who can they are just anxious uh, and, and we're seeing that schools now are, are very hard environments in which to get kids to focus and learn so there's something going on there that needs to be addressed and needs to be addressed in a big way but I think some of these early experiences can point to uh, how how valuable is that mandatory eight hour a day away from the family into an atmosphere that's supposed to teach you to learn and then you have 75 percent kids can't wait to drop out when they get old enough to drop out and so there's something there that that needs to be changed and it needs to be addressed but churches say the same way we're compelled to go we're told to go in the hopes that we'll settle down and accept that we have to be there just like school is so if it's an unpleasant experience all we can do is imagine ourselves at the end of the time of the you know how most churches they they have a start and a stop time you send there and watch to watch or something waiting to get out of there 
and so uh, we're off the hook until the next if it's once a week the next Sunday when we have to come again uh, if if it's interesting if it's made interesting in some way that makes the time go better a little bit better and so uh, church becomes a place where uh, there's a great deal of judgment that goes forth uh, the sermon was good this time you know uh, and that's religion it's based on um, uh, your perception of whether or not you liked it not whether or not God prepared it for you and you need to pray about it think about it etc etc there's there's a great deal of judgment there in religion uh, you'll you'll say well the preacher you know tried harder this time or they uh, took more time this time or it was more interesting this time see those are judgmental statements they have nothing to do with um, God prepared this table for me and I need to partake of this table you know that kind of stuff and so many times even after we're saved we come into church with a judgment on us you know as to whether or not it's of good quality and this this kind of thing and if we're not careful uh, we we shut ourselves down to getting our spirit fed because when judgment takes over your spirit withdraws its roots and then your head starts to engage in what's going on and the only thing left there is a judgment on whether or not it was right not right etc etc I remember having experiences in the Baptist church when I was a kid and and you know uh, people would say oh the uh, preacher was really on fire today or you know it's like uh, you know they it, it has to be a certain quality or it's not meeting their needs you know it, it's and they don't know what that quality is but that'll it, it'll depend on a lot of things maybe you sleep through most of the sermons and you finally woke up you know what I'm saying I mean that's this is true and you think it's because the minister really really put in some effort but you are the one putting in the effort this time because you've been sleeping most of the time and so these judgmental attitudes that we carry about the word of God uh, will, will stunt your spiritual growth you'll find your spirit curls up the roots of your spirit dry up and then your soul wants to start to engage and evaluate everything and as believers we have to watch that because we're we're steeped in that's religion is how we started so those roots are still there and they can be fed anytime you disengage your spirit you can feed those religious roots and go back to judging the word judging the speaker judging the this and judging the that I remember when I was in the first church I was in and there were so many crazy people running in there trying to say they were called to the ministry and the pastor <laughs> kind of let a lot of them get up there and preach he just, they just wore him down after a while and I remember sitting there and this one woman that you know was uh, oh she'd tell people off I mean there was nothing spiritual or interesting about her and I remember her getting up to give a little sermon one time and and so um, I was sitting there and the spirit of God just spoke to me and, and Pastor Shirley said you know God told me when she was sitting there she said I was sitting there oh boy here she is and the Lord says she's preaching my word you got me that's my word and so at any point and so I learned how to engage my spirit differently to help 
people and not be a hindrance because if you're sitting there in judgment if somebody's not mature in the spirit and know how to override you know the spiritual forces that are judging them and, and hindering they they can get intimidated by that pressure that's how churches go dead and cold you get enough religious people sitting there who don't want to be there or got got you know issues with one person or another issues with the pastor or something like that and a church can go dead and cold because it's love that moves this covenant that we and it's love that moves this god that we have it's love and respect and all those things that help us to um, encounter god in these situations and so I learned how to, you know, sometimes if it's a long, long 60 minutes, it's just a long 60 minutes, you know, and, but you can make it through. You don't have to sit there angry and judgmental at somebody because you don't think that they're, they're, they're uh, worthy of listening to, you know, that kind of stuff. And so those early religious experiences, those roots are still in all of us. They're still there. And so we have to uh, reckon ourselves dead to that stuff. Just like we reckon ourselves dead to many things. Religion is a spirit. And it's a spirit from hell. And it will keep you focusing on carnal things and evaluating God by carnal means. And not really tapping into the spiritual reality that God has for you there. So if we're going to cut these roots off and not feed them, we need to know how to engage our spirits more. And one of the helps that uh, that have come through the church is praise and worship. And that is praise and worship where everybody participates in it. So everybody's engaged in the praise and the worship. Religious roots are roots of the soul and of the heart. So religion really is man's attempt to please God. Religion is totally man-centered and man-pleasing. Religion gives you an answer for man. We talked about that last time. It's like if somebody, say when you guys go out to witness door to door at people's homes and you'll ask them if they, you you know, we're, we have a new church and we're just telling people about it and we just wondered, do you have a church home or you have a church that you regularly attend? I'm Catholic, you know. So that gives you an answer for man to please man to get him off your back because that's all you see it as. You don't really see it as an invitation from God or an answer to prayer. That's why when we go out to witness we ask God to lead us to the people who are really seeking. You know what I'm saying? Because people who are not seeking will will take that man's approach and they just want to tell you something to get you off their back so that they can go back to being spiritual, watching, you know, whatever on television. And so, you know, we have to understand that religion is there for that purpose. And if you can get past that religion, though, you can find that that person really has a spiritual need. But we give that answer to please man so that that answers the question of do you belong somewhere and it will shut that person up so they won't probe any farther because people who are in religion pretty much know that what they have is not everything it's not pleasing it's not personally edifying and so 
<clears throat> if you can go further, if God opens the door for you to probe a little deeper, you will find that some people are interested in relationship with God. They're interested in a personal relationship where they can talk to God, get needs met, and so forth and so on. And so we all have that religious root system. It's probably been starved off quite a bit by our our uh, spiritual experience. You know, when you're born again, the Bible says the axe is laid to the root of that tree. It's laid to the root of all of them. But you will find sometimes little ghosts of religion hanging around to lure you right back in there again. Remember the young man that Jesus healed and he told him to go and sin no more. And then he later saw him in the synagogue, you know. And so he told him to get out of there because that was his sin, religion. And religion had hindered him from getting healed for all those years. And so what Jesus is saying, now you're healed. If you stay around here, the devil's going to steal your healing from you. And how many of us have seen that to be true? And people come to our healing school and get healed. And then the next healing school, they're right back again, even worse. Because they go right back to the dead place. Because there's something that is still being fed for people who are in religion. And this is something people don't like about this, but there's a, a something that they get out of it that they don't want to let go of. Many times people in religion have uh, uh, friends there in that church. They have uh, an assigned seat. They have a history. They have their family. They, I don't want to pull my kids out of. And what you really find is, is religion makes people very insecure. They're not more secure because of it. They're less secure by, because of it. Because they're afraid that if they move any of these roots. You know my kids are rooted around this church. My mother's rooted around this church. Everybody's rooted around this church. And they think that if they pull their roots out. Everybody else is going to be either upset with them. They're not going to go. I'm going to upset my happy little nucleus I have here. Whereas if you read the word of God. Jesus promises you. You will upset your happy little nucleus if you follow him. So that's a Bible promise. There's no way you can make that ship continue to float that way. If you're going to go on with life and find God. So religion basically teaches a discipline and not a relationship now a relationship can discipline your life you can discipline yourself around relationship you know when when you married somebody trust me that that marriage defines everything about you in a domestic sense it defines your life who you are you you know if you're a woman your last name changes and if you have children you got children with that same last name and so forth and so on and so there's a discipline you know that you all line up under what that name means etc and so it teaches discipline but not relationship but if you have relationship first as your foundation and your root then your life will be disciplined around that relationship and around how you relate to God there are certain things that you will do because God 
either demands it or your conscience will tell you that it's best for you to do these things this way and and you develop a discipline uh, church attendance creates the foundation of a discipline around which your relationship with God and the roots of your relationship are fed you can always tap in you when you come into the house that God assigned you to you can always bank on God well God at least I know I'm going to come out so and so and such and such you know I'm going to see what you have for me this time and so there develops there a trust relationship where you trust God that if I get to the house of God where I'm assigned then I will get feeding for what I need for this week if there's another problem that comes up I know I can get prayer if there's something else that comes up I know my needs will be met and so if you will and that's a discipline you have to discipline your life around that you break that discipline you pull your roots out See, and you start to starve. Your roots be, begin to grab for something, grab for drink, grab for food, grab for whatever. This can happen if you're attending church and your attitude about it's bad. You know how you can fall out with somebody uh, in the church because they used to be your friend and now they have time for you and all that kind of stuff. And you sit there puffed up and acting crazy and so it's best to realize that church feeds your spirit not your friendships not your soul not your flesh yet yeah, church is there for you to get your spirit fed and so that you and God can have relationship this is this is a thing that people miss many times because there's so much social that goes on in church sometimes you know sometimes people uh, you know sometimes I'll observe people and you know they come regularly when the ser- they can't wait till the sermon's over so they can go over and talk to somebody you know that kind of stuff and so you have to realize that if you don't stay locked into God see your soul wants to connect with somebody because you think that's important but here God is here and he wants to, to connect with you so so let your focus stay on him you know if you you got it's wonderful to have friends in church it's wonderful to have a family of God that you can relate to but don't you dare ever put that ahead of your relationship with God so the devil will will get you coming and going because pretty soon you fall out with people and you don't want God anymore you can easily get it confused and so we we see that a lot sometimes with with newer people they come they sit and they look around they look around look around look around look around you know looking for trouble usually and if you look for trouble there's going to be some there to find because they can't shake you know the fact that something they want something and these people are going to be just like the last ones I you know you find sometimes people have a history of just hopping from place to place because they think it's a social thing well it's not a social thing you know when we have four hour services that'll get rid of a lot of people they resent spending four hours in the things of God. I'm thinking, you really think you you're gonna like heaven if you know four hours kills you, man? You gonna really be upset when you get there because it's 24/7. You know, worshiping God and Jesus being the focus. Uh, no, you're not the center of things. When you get to heaven, any little crown you get, you'd be so embarrassed you throw it at His feet. No, don't give me anything. I just, you know, please, just Jesus, you take it. 
You got me? We'll be so where we need to be in our own eyes when we're glorified. You got me? You'll finally understand your real significance in the earth, in the overall scheme of things. And so when we have that, we we have to focus totally on fighting that thing that wants to draw us off from getting our religious, our spiritual uh, feeding when we're in the house of God. We're in a place where God wants us to be. Sometimes you'll find the enemy really fights you to stay locked in by the spirit. And always coming up with something else or something new. You know, sometimes you'll go to a meeting where you tried real hard to get there and, and, you know, somebody will greet you at the door looking funny or something like that. Something really stupid. And, uh, you know, I've gone to places, ushers, or they're always, you know, I don't know where, what hell they get these people out of sometimes. But you go in, the ushers or you know, they want to get aggressive. You know, they see ministers and they think, now I can boss them around. You know, they get that thing on them. And so you have to be careful to stay, keep your spiritual roots stuck out there so that your spirit is engaged and not your flesh. You can see how easily the enemy can steal from you if you, if you would go back and start feeding this root of religion again. But religious experiences are good for us because if, if there is any truth there, they establish some kind of line between right and wrong in a person's head and in their mind. And you have to have the law. Your mind has to be trained as to what's right and what's wrong. Bible talks about that. Paul says the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So it's like your school, like your teachers in in through K through 12, your schoolmasters brought you to graduation where you were crowned and you went on and you had skills to master life. So the teaching of the Ten Commandments, the teaching of the law of God, the teaching of love your neighbor, uh, right and wrong, those kinds of disciplines bring you to Christ. So they are all part of God's plan for us for salvation. Uh, you know, now that I'm, I'm getting a fuller picture of, of God's ways, I understand how to put it all together. You know, it, sometimes when you're you're getting out of religion and you finally get saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you're angry at your church that you came from. You're angry at your religious upbringing. You're angry at the Catholics. You're angry at the Baptists. You're but God has helped me to understand that He was there in all of those. Just as in, and if He had been there any bigger, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. You got me. So the, these early experiences spoon feed you the laws and right from wrong to bring you to Christ. And then when you come to Christ, you can get as much of God as you want. You know, don't be mad at the Baptist. Don't be mad. <laughs> you know, I learned that, you know, for a long time. And, and there's something about roots when they're when you try to starve a root instead of letting God kill it. 
you try to starve it yourself it really often leads to more religion that thing will backfire on you and you get so legalistic in your thinking about things and condemning everybody and this ain't right and that ain't right well it was as right as it could get for you to keep coming let me put it to you that way if they'd given you anything any stronger you'd have bailed out a long time ago I remember God getting my attention with certain things in the Catholic Church you know they're big on icons and pictures and things of that nature and I when they would have the the I think it was how many 12 or something stations of the cross they would have all of those 13 oh my how unfortunate anyway <laughs> but you know you you kind of examined you had to look at the fact that here was God's son and he suffered for you and he died for you now you knew he suffered and died but you didn't relate it a lot of times to your lies and your fibbing and all that kind of stuff you know the things that children do but you got a, a historical understanding of who Jesus was and that's kind of common knowledge for people there's not many people who don't know historically uh, who Jesus is but then you have to understand that that was done for you personally and so once you come into that knowledge, then that schoolmaster that took you to the Baptist church and the Catholic church and Presbyterian, anything else you went to, uh, was there to lead you to Christ. And, and it's a great thing how God figures these things out for us. So many times in our early history, uh, our parents what our parents taught us about God is very important. What was your parents' attitude toward the church where you attended if your parents go sometimes mom and dad will send you and not go and so that that puts a shock into your root system you know why don't mom and dad go to church they make me go so there's a shock to your root system sometimes you don't embrace it very fully because it's kind of like are they serious you know is this is this real is this important or are they just sending me if, if it's important why don't they go too and so you'll begin to question the sincerity of others and sometimes it'll be enough to get you to rebel against God you know the little bit that you do know if, if there's enough hypocrisy around you and enough people who don't who who will force it on you and not take it themselves kind of thing it makes it hard it's like parents who don't you know it sometimes it's a sacrifice to be a part of a family you know you you see your children need certain kinds of food and you're not fond of them you may have to learn how to eat them yourself you know you might have to grow up yourself a little bit in order to raise healthy children and so it's it's like that if you're if you sit around the dinner table and you force all the green stuff on your kids and you just sit there and eat the corn and the mashed potatoes and gravy and leave the green stuff for them they get the impression that there's something wrong there so people do learn by example quite a bit the example that you give to your children of regular church attendance is never wasted trust me it's worth it it's worth it to go it's worth it to make them go with you it's worth it to to spank them if they don't sit still it's worth it all of that stuff because that's your example how they see you respond to God makes such a big difference in how they respond to God
You got me? Uh, you know, you'll see sometimes people with devout parents. You know, like Daryl always talks about his mother loving God and going to church and that kind of stuff. Maybe she can't so much now because of her condition. But he has that to rest on and reflect on in his experience now. And he sees a connection between his mother and other people that he observes in this atmosphere because he sees that that was something that was really important. And, and so those things things are important uh, those even if it's a sacrifice for you to do that you know you it's it's worth it it's that in itself is worth more than a lot of other things you might do sacrificially to help your children and so and it's such a small thing usually it doesn't really take that much time but those things are it's very important for them to to let those religious roots get laid down at some point though everybody has to make their own decision in their hearts about what they think about God and how they want to relate to God and so that that time will come for everybody oftentimes parents assume their kids are sold out to God until they get tempted to go do other things with their with their time but know that you pray for them know that the roots are laid down know that God has a, a covenant promise with your children and God will fulfill he's a faithful God you got to be a faithful parent and continue to pray for them so our early encounters with God are are uh, legalistic number one are just the basic right and wrong they're distant because there's no personal spiritual connection but there is truth there and it's important that we learn those truths we're under the tutor of the Ten Commandments and now have roots in our conscience toward right and wrong and good and bad. I think it's good for kids to know about heaven and hell when they're small. And they need to understand that heaven is good and hell is bad if nothing else. That there is a devil. If they can understand those things they need to know that there is a devil and that devil is a bad devil. But I don't think it has to be done in truth. I don't think it needs to be done in some kind of emotional spooky way, you know, to give them some kind of false, let it feed their their souls in a, a negative way. So these roots feed the soul, develop the conscience, but not the spirit. When you get saved, your conscience then has to be turned over. It, well, it's automatically turned over to the governance of the Holy Spirit. So your conscience must bear witness with the Holy Spirit. So there are some things that religion puts in your conscience that the Holy Spirit won't bear witness to. You got me? Uh, there are some things that we've been taught in religion that just are exaggerations. And not rightly dividing the word. And so the Holy Spirit then has to govern us by either witnessing, yeah, that's true, or no, that's not. And then he will give you what is true. He will explain to you what the truth is. This is all God's design because it does follow the pattern of Israel's history. Remember, Israel was under the law, the first covenant. Even though it was a, a uh, it was weak, you know, there were some flaws or weaknesses built into the covenant. Paul said that the, the first covenant was glorious. 
because Moses' face shone when he went to get the law from God. So any truth from God has a, a measure of glory in it, but there are different degrees of glory and there are different purposes to these teachings and these covenants. So we were under the law until Christ. Any Jew who was honest admitted that the law didn't do it for him. There were some weaknesses and there were some flaws. Like what do you do if you sin right after the day of atonement? <laughs> you get 364 to feel bad or whatever. you know, Or take your personal sacrifice or something. But there was always an overhang there. We didn't have our consciences purged like we do by the blood of Jesus. We didn't have that. And so there was always that the spiritual root of the Jew was always longing for something better is longing for Messiah was longing for Messiah to come to take away all of the ills of Israel whatever you thought they were so it was like a plant with dry roots that's what the the Jewish law provided for them so there was some good there but there was more needed we needed the living God so when Isaiah started to prophesy boy was that a drink of water for everybody where he talked about this root coming out of the stem of Jesse and it was a root uh, you know in, in, in that he would uh, be Emmanuel God with us and he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities there would be a human that would take the place of that lamb that and that animal that you had to provide over and over and over again so the age of the the sacrifice that everybody kind of looked forward to but didn't look forward to that would be done away with and so there was a coming a, a, a age where uh, everything would be satisfied all the debts of Israel would be paid there would be a great jubilee to come forth because of this Messiah who was to come to the earth so our roots really prohibit us from coming out of their grip to a degree and so all our religious roots we we grab to that because we have nothing else you know it's like uh, you quit going to church when you got old enough to go but then trouble came you went right back to that same old dead church again even though you know there was a good reason you quit going but that was all you knew so you ran right back there again I remember speaking to my uh, younger sister Jackie this was many years ago and uh, this was when uh, she was uh, still had her children at home and her husband had uh, some mental health problems and and he kept telling us I went over and this was early in our ministry like it was still in the 90s because I remember I was still living in Cleveland and I went over to speak to him and to pray with him and and he kept telling me, he said, I used to be in this. I was in this. I said, no, you weren't. I said, because if you were in Christ, I said, you would have something to draw from. Well, I'm going back to church. I, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I told myself I got to go back to church. And I said, well, let me offer you this. I said, if your church was taking care of what needs to be taken care of in your life, why did you leave? I said, ask yourself why you left well no I know I need to go back and I found that as people were like the family in this church where they had grown up a long time and and when he decided to start to live a life of sin he turned his back on it because there was too much pressure on him you know that he couldn't fulfill if you have the means to fulfill it then that kind of reflection and pressure is sometimes works to your good 
You know, if you if you know better and you have the power to do better, sometimes those people around you that motivate you and are your friends, you can go pray with them. You feel good around them. When you backslide, you say, you know what? I have a system I can tap into that used to bring me life, and I know it brought me life. But his was mere religion because it never brought him life. And to this day, I don't think he's consistent in church, even though many things have happened in his life. And so when we don't recognize the difference between religion and relationship we will cling to religion only got me we'll cling to religion only so our roots then can be very strong and entangled and they will prohibit us from coming out of their grip because they sustain a life of their own religion really has a life of its own in Matthew 15:13, Jesus promises that every uh, root that God has not planted will be rooted up. Every plant that he has not planted will be rooted up. Let me go there real quick and read it to you. Matthew 15 and verse 13. They were talking about the the um, disciples were talking about the Pharisees. You see the roots of religion, and how they're still worried about what the Pharisees think, even if after Jesus has showed them the kingdom in a better way. <clears throat> there, Jesus was talking about the in verse nine. He says, "But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men," and that's part of religion. And he called the multitude and said to them, Hear and understand, not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes out of his mouth. This is what defiles you. This is what's in your heart. And then the disciples came and said to him, Don't you know that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? <laughs> but he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. And he said, Let them alone. Men, isn't that what we all had to do with religion when we came to Christ? Just go the different way. Leave it alone. He said, they're blind leaders of the blind. And if they're both blind, they'll fall into a ditch. Don't you be one that falls in with them. Huh? Just leave them alone or you be right in there with them too. See, Jesus could see their religious roots still entangled around the opinion of the Pharisees. There's some people that hold that kind of power with other individuals. If you don't know the the uh, awesome power of God when he delivers you, that no man can entangle you again. No man can have any power over you anymore. If you don't understand that, you will be intimidated and sucked right back in. Why? Because those religious roots are still there and the Pharisees represent food for those roots. See, it represents their security. And they're trying to get you wrapped around them again. That's why Jesus told them to leave them alone. In other words, go home to your wife, your kids, whatever you do. But don't go back there anymore. You got me? And so he was always, he was continually laying the axe to the root of those trees. Because he always warned them about the doctrine of the Pharisees. And warned them about that religion. He also says, through now through repentance, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. So that how do you how do you chop an old root? You know, spiritually you do it. 
It has to be done by the Spirit. So Jesus says, not just uh, your sinful acts, but your desire to sin is gone too. Your desire to rebel against God. God lays the axe to the root. So those old roots are dead. So you have to reckon yourselves dead to sin but alive unto righteousness. Amen. You have to do that or else you will go back to it. And Matthew 3.10 is where that scripture is found. It says now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is is cut down and cast into the fire. So Jesus said even some of your religion that you your little religious good works. You know? The axe is laid to that root also. But God, I like working for the church. I like doing that. He's yeah, I got lots of work for you to do. But not under the religious activity. You're going to do it from your heart this time. You're going to love me with your whole heart because that's the only way you're going to keep doing what you do. If you do things out of religion, out of ritual, out of compulsion, the minute somebody upsets you, you're ready to quit. You know, you go want to go do something else, you know, or, or easily offended. Religious roots are easily offended. They keep you on edge looking at what people think about you that becomes the central because in religion you're the center of your world God really isn't you know you call the shots on that and so we have to lay the roots to that lay the axe to the root of that and this is because of the work of the Holy Spirit so those religious roots will seek cease to grow if you'll let the Holy Spirit do the work and what the Holy Spirit does he starts feeding your spirit he doesn't have to tell you to quit religion and quit that because you'll you'll develop such a satisfaction in God you don't even think about going back there and feeding that again. Only time you do that people fall out with folks and then they want to go back. I used to go to a church where they liked me and <laughs> you know they did this for me and it's yeah because you were see you're still centered in you. You're concerned about you instead of being casting your cares on God and let him care for you you're still trying to do everything you know to do to take care of yourself and that's what religion supports that you know uh, in religion they print how much people give every week see that's a man-centered thing you know to see if they can embarrass you into giving more or you know uh, keep the people who are giving at the top of the list keep them pumped up so they don't quit giving so it's all manipulation it's all man-centered and so God wants when in when Jesus said do your alms in private boy that was a shock to the family he said what you mean we can't print the names of the people that give anymore so Jesus was messing up everything that they had going for them because in religion a man gets catered to quite a bit. Now religious churches you know what it's always uh, when you want to make that transition and, and grab on to something more spiritual uh, then the pastor calls you he, he's never called you in his, your life or he's send somebody else important to call you and we we want to consider you for the deacon board or we want to give you a promotion or we you know we heard your call to preach and we want you to preach here and all this kind of stuff you know you all of a sudden get a lot of attention why because religion caters to your pride caters to you your sense of being important 
you grumble and complain because you know well I've been giving my money in this church and they don't help me out what kind of help do you need you need to pray see spirituality a spiritual church is trying to get you off of dependence upon man and relying on the living God who will never fail you this God if you get to develop a relationship with God he will never fail you and then you'll be able to help somebody else that you can identify with just like you when you didn't know any better that's how this is supposed to work but we're not supposed to stay dependent children all of our lives in God's house and I know some people like that but that's not where God wants you to be he wants you to be the head and not the tail he wants you to open your cupboard to people instead of looking for somebody always to fill yours he wants you to be able to have two refrigerators and two freezers and be the overflow for your neighborhood you got me you know uh, there's times when you'll know people have needs and and God will put things into your hands so you can be the support there you can be the help and you can discreetly help people and they don't have to go stand in the line somewhere and beg for food you understand what I'm saying this is what he desires for us if we'll stop getting putting ourselves back in diapers all the time and so that's why he cuts off these religious roots he chops them off lays the axe to it so they don't feed that sense of self anymore they don't feed that dependence on man anymore they quit feeding that nonsense so that you can go to God like you know in uh, Hebrews it says so we can boldly say the Lord is my helper I would well I'm not afraid of what man can do to me the God is my helper and that's what this is for so that you can stand on your own two feet before God and so uh, uh, this is a good thing that God provides for us. The work of the Holy Spirit cuts us off from all religion. And it's a wonderful thing. Religion keeps us reflecting on I did this. Somebody needs to do that. It's a legalistic thing. Always keeping score. Adding up. And the adding's always wrong. Because God's addition is the one you need to look at. You know God will add it up right. In Jeremiah 1.10, it talks about rooting out the things that are not of God. That's the prophet's ministry is to root out, to throw down, and then to build and to plant. Some people don't like the rooting out. They're offended by uh, being told that these things are not beneficial to them you know this isn't going to work for you this isn't God ordained you know I don't I don't sense God in this you know that's a blessing if somebody can cost you all that trouble and turn you around before you get involved in something that's you know go down a road that's not going to profit you you know sometimes the enemy puts you know he's just full of tricks for us put put false things out there and you can get heavily invested in these false things and then if somebody spiritual comes up and says, well, you know what, I'm wondering if this is God at all. You know what I'm saying? And and gets you to question that, then you're mad at them because you want it to be right anyway. And they're trying to save you going down that route and, and down that road and, and the trouble that's at the end of that road. And so these things are all very important and, and we're, they're distasteful to us because we, we still have those religious roots out there. We want the religion fed and not the relationship fed. So, you know, the, the roots will disconnect you from people or it'll, it'll shift the relationship.
It will totally change the relationship. And Jesus said I've come to bring a sword between family members. This gospel is going to, because this gospel is everything, folks, and some people are not going to want it, and they're going to fight it out with you. You're going to have family members that are going to fight it out with you. You're going to have spouses that want to fight it out with you. Uh, Sometimes you might have a spouse that starts out going good for God, and then they get get cold and what are you going to do sometimes everything will be on the line so to speak or it looks like it you choose God's way though they shape up I found that out you know I would share my testimony a lot of times uh, and let people know you know when I started out in God you know I didn't really have a marriage so to speak and so you know I thought about it later and my husband didn't want to go to church and he was all mouthing off and stuff when I wanted to do things for God and and I thought about it one day and I said well Lord he already threatened to leave me and you made him stay I said I wonder what he's going to threaten this time so I thought it was a joke I want to say because buddy really right now now that I found God I'll help you pack don't mess with me okay <laughs> you know I mean seriously you get to understanding your roots get dug into God I mean and I know that divorce is never pleasing to God but you get to the point where you don't take stuff off people either you got me because you know what God's promised God you promised me that if I would serve you what you would make even my enemies to be at peace with me you got me and this man is not my enemy the devil's my enemy but if he gonna side with the devil he's gonna have to be a peaceful devil up in here you know because I'm not having this nonsense no more and so you start to rely on God and his word and what he's told you and you focus on serving God you know I mean you love people you you, you want to get along with them and all of that but if they want to take it to the mat you just have to go to the mat with them but you're still going to serve God you got me you let your you let your spiritual roots stay dug in you don't pull your spiritual roots out and start going into religion you know religion tells you you do everything right and they do everything wrong or you get to run over people because you're a Christian you got me that's what religion teaches you so you start getting them crazy ideas and and you know you need to repent but you got to understand that you are, are invincible in Christ you're not afraid of anybody what can man do to me gee wonder what nothing and so you're not scared of people's opinions and you're not scared of what they say you just want to stay true to God you want to stay stay holy before God you want to stay before God in worship and in relationship and let God take care of people you know it's like hey brother I love you but you know what I'm serving God you know that's just the way it is I'm, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing I'm not going to back off of what I'm doing if, if you know you want me to do something for you I'll take care of you too but I am serving God you know I'm not quitting and so we have to be adamant about these things certain things do need to be rooted out of us our dependence on man and fear of man and wondering what man thinks and all that man-centered stuff it's just a distraction from what God wants us to do God has people in your vision in your sight that need him and you're the one who's going to make the difference there so that's what our focus needs to be you know it needs to be uh, focusing on what God wants us to do I can remember going shopping with Pastor Shirley 
and at times and we get in a store and we just knew God wanted us to to share Christ with somebody and pretty soon everybody cleared out of the store and there's a little cashier a little teenage guy and they they'd act like you served him an arrest warrant or something you know and so I, there's, I remember this little kid he was in there we were by ourselves and he's staring at us and so we said he, I told him I said you know what I said we're, we're supposed to tell you about the Lord you know Jesus he said oh okay that's what this is about huh and he put his little stuff down and like he'd been arrested you know he just just surrendered he just knew god was gonna talk to him. he must have been expecting it some kind of way and i after we prayed with him i said well who's praying for you i said is it your mom or your aunt he said both of them i said well you then you knew this day was coming see yeah i did he said I, i'm up i said well you tell your mom when you get home i'll tell her you know that kind of stuff and so is amen and so if you're sensitive to these things instead of worrying about you there's somebody who and you don't know honey the way these young people live he might have had a a drug overdose waiting for him he might have had anything waiting for him and then but then at that hour uh, god accepted him and so you, you we have to be sensitive to these things so that's why you you divorce religion that's why you put away your own self-centeredness and worried about what's going to happen to you all the time or your kids or your husband or you're this or you're that you know God will take care of all of that but but you're called to a much greater purpose than just what your family is involved in you need to un- understand that so because God is he's very interested in everybody all the time and he has called us as his servants to undertake that you know he really really is so when the axe is already laid to the tree you don't have to worry about dying to flesh dying to you reckon yourself dead you reckon it already done that's that takes a struggle out of it see that's where faith takes over you look at what the word says about you and you reckon that to be true you just size it up and you say, well, well, that's, that is what's happened to me. When, when Jesus died for me at the cross, that axe was laid to the root of that tree of unrighteousness, that tree of iniquity, all of that stuff. And I don't feed it anymore. You got me? Now that's not saying you don't sin because your soul can be swayed into taking your flesh down a merry little road if you let it. But you don't have to. You're not compelled to. You have a a, a, a no that you can say that's really a no. And you can go on and serve God in righteousness. And so there is no uh uh no support for a lot of what we do we really are just trying to make a life out of the ashes that are left from the burned up sinful life that we used to live and see the devil will get involved in there and magnify it and make it bigger than what it is and then you sit there and listen to the devil and he convinces you that you're defeated and this is so hard you can't do this that's why it's good to stay in the word renew your mind in the things of God fight those thoughts you don't have to listen to the devil putting you down or lifting you up or anything like that you know the voice of God versus the voice of of the enemy in in your own uh, carnal soul so that's why the word says to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to righteousness go live righteous 
you can't reckon yourself dead to sin and not be alive to righteousness in this work you've got to come alive to what's right in your life and go live a righteous life go pray for somebody go read some more of the word go find out what God wants you to do go get out of your flesh and quit being afraid to go witness to people go you know be somebody different you know and take on Christ the way we're supposed to Romans 6 11 tells us to come alive unto righteousness just put the old crazy stuff down Ephesians 3 17 says we have a new root system we're to be rooted and grounded in love established in that don't waver from that you find yourself getting tempted to step out of love or the devil traps you and gets you involved in your flesh or something like that you got to repent and get back over there tell God you're sorry you got me Uh, make that a habit folks quit listening to this nonsense that says all your sins are forgiven you don't have to confess your sins anymore that's foolishness you're going to let that pile up on your soul and inhibit you from going going forward in God this is foolishness you don't serve God to quit doing certain things you serve God to do more of the right thing you got me you do more of the right thing he says he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you how you ever get cleansed if you don't confess confess everything else you want to confess for a new car confess for uh, your bills to be paid you believe in a confession then you need to believe in it both ways that's how you got into this covenant and that's how you stay in it there's people that stay on their deathbed sick waiting for God to come and, and offer that to them so that they can step over into glory you can play those games here if you think that's where you want to live you try playing that game But I'm telling you, it's going to trip you up. It will definitely trip you up. You need to obey the word of God and quit obeying people. All these people with these newfangled ideas. You don't need that. You need need to stay with your original root system in God. That's, That's our roots. If you can can confess to people, you can confess to God. If you hurt someone or say something out of the way to somebody, you apologize. You ask them to forgive you. You do the same thing with before God. You mean Jesus did all this openly? Did he deserved nothing of what he got? He was embarrassed. He was spat upon. All of that from you, and now you say it's not necessary for you to ask his pardon when you break his laws? Are you kidding me? This foolishness. This is how people. This is how people like what's his name, uh, <laughs> Carlton Pearson. I sit up and listen to that man sing for God on that. We play that tape now. That Azusa. Remember when God brought all that to him, and you know it was it was wonderful. The people that man was able to gather together, but it was never enough for him. Never enough. There's still some angry root in there that wants to grab for more. See, we got to be careful about these roots that are looking for more so that we can be more. God had to get David straight on that. David was looking for more. 
wound up with another man's wife and murder had the man murdered and all that kind of stuff still sitting on the throne of Israel knowing God's law knowing what God thought about it said they God said hey you know what David when you were small remember that you've never been in a palace in your life and I got you in there you weren't even trying to be somebody and I made you somebody remember that gave you everything and here's this man that's a small man all he's got is his wife and his family you take that away from him got me we need to be careful folks in all our getting in all our pursuing God's still got to be number one that we pursue you still got to pursue him with a pure heart you still got to pursue him in humility God what do you need me to do for you because you've done so much for me we can never outdo what you've done for us can never do it you can't you can't allow Calvary to be that far away from you and what he suffered in your place you got me you can't let that be so far away from you that you take for granted the place that he has you now so God is the eternal God 100% spirit and he feeds 100% of our spirit there is nothing you need that God cannot provide for you through his word so if you stay tapped into those spiritual roots he'll always have feeding for you you won't lack anything if you feel a drought in your life if you feel some discomfort go to God and, and just let your roots go deeper in him just just go deeper in him he has what you need and he has what you want sometimes we get into self-feeding you know we want to pick our own food and say this is good and this good and I say we can't do that you, you got to trust God I think it's, it's all a, a way of him getting our attention to know you know what you need to spend more time with me you know I, I know I blessed you and you're capable in a lot of things but you're still my child I still want to talk to you I still have good things that I can can impart to you amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for this understanding we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne that we can be blessed in everything that you are doing in us for us thank you lord for blessing us to the degree that we don't need anything but you that's a wonderful place to be that we found you and you're everything to us and we thank you for giving us that knowledge and that wisdom in Jesus name amen praise God amen if anybody needs prayer come on up and I'll pray for you praise God